millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Curious Canadian History. I'm your host, David Boris. The legendary sagas of the Vikings have always spoken of perilous seaborne adventures to lands so far to the west as to literally be on the edge of the known universe. While some of these lands eventually became known as Iceland and Greenland, other parts would later be dubbed the New World. Yet, the New World was a product of Christopher Columbus's arrival in the West Indies, not something attributed to Norse explorers. Yet for centuries, legends persisted that Norse explorers came to the New World before Columbus. In fact, rumors had it that the Norse made it well into the interior of the North American continent. For a long time, it was difficult for most archaeologists and historians to prove if this was ever true. That was until 1968. That year, two archaeologists discovered a small cloak pin of Norse design in a location on the northern tip of the island of Newfoundland in the province of Newfoundland, Labrador. This discovery triggered a massive archaeological dig that would eventually come to prove that over 1,000 years ago and nearly 500 years before Christopher Columbus, Vikings indeed arrived in what would become known as the New World. This is Season 8, Episode 15, Columbus Who? The Norse in Newfoundland. Today's book recommendation is titled In Search of First Contact, The Vikings of Vinland, The Peoples of the Dawnland, and the Anglo-American Anxiety of Discovery. The author is Annette Kolodny, and the publisher is Duke University Press, the year of publication, 2012. The Vikings, as they are popularly known, or more accurately, the Norse, as we'll call them from here on out, first arrive in the European written record sometime in the later 8th century. Most of these early references paint the Norse as godless warrior groups raiding for wealth and plunder, conducting lightning attacks against English and European coastal settlements that are over almost as quickly as they began. Yet, by the 9th century, large groups of Norse began settling throughout most of Europe. By the time we get to the end of the first millennium, Norse influence has spread far and wide into Russia, 
as far south as modern-day Istanbul, into England, northern France, and various coastal and river areas throughout Europe. The Norse also moved farther and farther west, from England, then to Ireland, hopping to Iceland, and then to Greenland. In Greenland, the legendary Norseman Eric the Red established colonies on both the western and eastern sides of that frigid piece of rock. From here, it was only natural that others would continue their explorations westward. In fact, four of Eric the Red's children would visit or settle for a time somewhere in modern-day eastern Canada. Newfoundland being the most well-known of these places, but some suggest Norse went into New Brunswick and even deeper along the St. Lawrence River Valley. Only one of the Norse sites in Canada has undergone extensive excavation, and that is at Lance O'Meadows on the northernmost tip of the island of Newfoundland, though there has been a bunch of work done on Baffin Island, where a Norse site is currently being uncovered. Most of the information that led archaeologists and historians to begin surveying places like Newfoundland stem from several key sagas. The Saga of Eric the Red, the Saga of the Icelanders, and the Greenland Sagas. Sagas were stories and history that were passed down orally. They often contained stories of adventures, heroes, but also things like travel routes and even legendary feuds, as well as the histories of certain kings, certain nobles, and certain families. Now, the figure most associated with the Norse arrival in North America is Leif Erikson, the eldest son of Eric the Red. But even Eric the Red is quite interesting as well. Eric Thorvaldsson, known as the Red after his great red beard, was a bit of a troublemaker and ran afoul of certain nobles in Iceland and was thus forced to flee his home. Banished, him and his family eventually settled on what would become Greenland. After settling there, he then spent most of the rest of his life promoting further settlement on Greenland, even returning to Iceland to recruit potential future settlers. Now his son would achieve even greater fame as an explorer. At 19, Leif Erikson sailed straight to Greenland from Norway without stopping in Iceland. Legend has it that he was the first sailor to do this. While this voyage is still controversial amongst historians, many still questioning whether he did it or not, it certainly brought him acclaim in the Norse world at the time. He, in fact, became close to King Olaf of Norway and spent some time in his court as an honored guest. But Leif certainly sought to continue to build his fame, for when he learned of untouched lands further to the west of Greenland, he set sail to find them in the year 1001. It is said he discovered three key regions on this first famous voyage. Vinland, the name he gave to what is now Newfoundland and which contains the rich archaeological dig of Lanso Meadows. He gave it this name, in fact, because of the rich vines of wild grapes that grew in the area. But the problem was, today, those don't exist. So some think he was actually referring to New Brunswick, or even an area closer to the St. Lawrence River Valley. 
Leif Erikson also identified Markland, which is believed to be Labrador, and then Heluland, which is most likely thought to be Baffin Island. Now, while Leif is often thought of as the first European to arrive in the New World, Leif himself talks of rescuing two shipwrecked sailors from the region near Newfoundland. Now, one of those sailors, Bjarni Herjolfsson, claimed to have actually stepped foot on Newfoundland before Leif. One could thus conclude that Leif's journey to Vinland was the result of the knowledge passed on to him from Bjarni. When discussing Lanso Meadows, most agree that it was really only a temporary settlement, a winter encampment to explore further inland. One of the reasons they came to this conclusion was that archaeologists discovered food sources not native to Newfoundland, but in fact native to the mainland in New Brunswick and the St. Lawrence River region. Now this indicates that explorers probably arrived in Newfoundland, made some sort of base camp, then moved west and returned only after securing resources from lands further in the interior. Now, these archaeological conclusions are also backed up by the sagas themselves, which refer to a temporary way station called Leif's Booch, presumably Lance O'Meadows. Most likely, Lance O'Meadows was a place where Norse explorers would winter, repair equipment, and prepare for further explorations into the interior to gather valuable resources such as lumber, fur pelts, and various fruits native to the region. Eventually, all of these resources would be brought back to the Greenland or Icelandic colonies. So far, only eight buildings have actually been located at Lanso Meadows, each one built of sod over a wooden frame. The buildings include what are believed to be housing accommodations, a carpentry workshop, and an iron smithy. In the smithy, there was an ancient iron slag and forge where iron rivulets were discovered and an area that seemed to be dedicated to ship repair. There were several common household items unearthed in different buildings and a variety of foodstuffs that came not only from Newfoundland but other parts of North America. For instance, the remains of butternut used for food but also for making bowls, which was not native to Newfoundland. The settlement seemed to be able to accommodate somewhere between 30 and 160 people. Now, to all of us listening, it's pretty clear the names of Vinland, Halyland, and Markland no longer identify places in modern-day Canada. And thus, the natural conclusion is that the Norse did not remain. So the next question is, what happened? Well, we will answer that question after the break. Curious Canadian history. We'll be back after the break. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hi, I'm Phelan Johnson. And I'm Leah Simone Bowen, and we look at history a bit differently. Have you ever wondered how hundreds of wild horses came to inhabit an island in the Atlantic Ocean? Or what Lord of the Rings and a small town in Manitoba have in common? Or the burning question, did Canada invent the teen drama? The Secret Life of Canada is a podcast about the country you know and the stories you don't. New episodes available now wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, I know that sometimes advertisement can get in the way of a good story. And here at CCH, we never want a good story's momentum broken up. But the fact is, we rely on advertisement for the financial support needed to continue to make this show. That being said, there is a way to access CCH episodes advertisement-free. If you go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search for Curious Canadian History, you can sign up and access all our episodes ad-free by just donating $1 or 2 bucks or 5 bucks to the podcast. It's easy, safe, secure, and a great way to get all of this content without the ads. Patreon even has an app, so you can simply use the app on your phone like you would be using any of your podcast apps and have every new CCH episode right there at your fingertips. Check out patreon.com slash Curious Canadian History today and join the club. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay, so what happened to the Norse that did arrive in what would become Newfoundland? So Leif Erikson arrives in the year 1001, and he wintered there with relatively little trouble. He collected furs, grapes, and timber, and then returned to Greenland, telling stories of a bountiful land to the west. His brother Thorvald returned with a small group in 1004, but this time things did not go well. You see, the story goes that Thorvald encountered a group of indigenous people and attacked them, apparently while they were sleeping in their canoes. In the skirmish that followed, Thorvald's group killed eight of them. The one survivor of Thorvald's attack escaped back to his people and returned soon with a large group of warriors. In the second fight that now followed, Thorvald was killed by an arrow. Interestingly, in the sagas, they speak of Thorvald being killed by a one-legged creature, a monopoid, that commonly appears in Nordic sagas. With the death of their leader, Thorvald's group retreated back to the settlement. The remainder of Thorvald's men actually remained in Newfoundland for a short time after, despite their leader's death, though they did construct walls around the settlement a clear indication of the nature of hostilities on the island. Let's pause here for a second and talk a bit about these indigenous peoples, or Skrylingi, as the Norse refer to them. Most studies suggest these were members of the Dorset culture. This was a pre-Inuit culture that was mostly extinct by the 16th century. The Dorset people came to North America from Siberia approximately 4,500 years ago. They were small in number and spread out across the Canadian Arctic and into Newfoundland. Now, the big question is, why did they become extinct? And there's actually quite a few reasons. The first one is a limited genetic diversity 
amongst the small numbers of peoples populating these regions. The second one was changing weather patterns, and in particular, there was a naturally occurring global warming that was beginning in the 11th century. Disease also played a major factor. And finally, the arrival of more sophisticated indigenous groups, and this included the better-armed direct ancestors to the modern-day Innu. All of these factors combined to result in the extinction of the Dorset people. Yet, they were almost certainly the ethnic group that both traded and fought with the arriving Norse. Now, in the year 1009, a larger expedition set out, this time led by an Icelandic explorer named Thorfinn the Valiant. According to the sagas, he had three ships, livestock, and 160 men and women. If the previous Norse expeditions were more temporary in nature, this one very much had the feel of an attempt at permanent settlement. What's interesting is his first contact with the Dorset was far more peaceful than Torvald's earlier encounter. The reports say that there was trade between the two groups. And during this time, Thorfinn's wife, Gudrid, in fact gave birth to a boy, Snorri. Snorri thus becoming the first child of European descent known to have been born in the New World. Things were looking up for the Norse, and then bad luck struck. Or as the Norse say, Loki played his tricks, as Loki often does. The story goes that a bull escaped from a corral and charged a group of Dorset who were at the settlement trading. Frightened by the animal, one they had never seen before, they retreated, believing themselves to have been attacked. Later, they returned in force, and a skirmish erupted. The Norse defenders were actually driven back into their settlement, and it seemed like they were about to be totally overrun, and this is where the legend of Freydis Eriksdotter was made. It's said that Freydis, the half-sister to Leif Eriksson, picked up a sword off a dead Norseman and challenged the Dorset warriors herself. The story goes that she yelled her challenge while beating her bared breast with her sword. This show of bravery rallied the Norse around her, and the Dorset were pushed back and eventually retreated into the woods. Despite this successful defense of the colony, Thorfinn's expedition failed to remain permanently. We don't know the exact reasons, but likely the continued hostility from the Dorset played a significant part. After this point, the sagas are relatively quiet, when it comes to attempts to settle, whether permanently or temporarily, in North America, though many archaeologists and historians believe that continued exploration occurred for several more centuries. We do know that rune stones have been found in Minnesota and Oklahoma and along parts of the Northeast Atlantic coast. While the debate over the authenticity of the rune stones was and is heated, and skepticism still remains, evidence and analysis from the past 20 years indicates that these are almost certainly authentic, and further indicate that even after the 11th century, it seems Norse were exploring the North American continent. In fact, 
the rune stones found in Minnesota and Oklahoma seem to be a form of property demarcation, i.e. a Norse person's claim to land in those regions. Thus, while historically the discovery of the New World has been attributed to Christopher Columbus in the late 15th century, evidence shows that 500 years before he landed and irrevocably changed the history of the world, the Norse were in North America trying to find their own foothold, trying to carve their own runestone path to historical legend. I want to thank you all for listening today. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Doc Boris. That's at D-O-C-B-O-R-Y-S. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Patreon. And you can find us on all podcast listening devices. And please do not hesitate to write and leave a comment. We love to hear from you. I'm David Boris. Stay curious, friends.